0: starting to notice a trend as of late. A lot of friends are hitting me up, sending me messages saying, dude, love the show, man. Keep up the good work. That's kind of how today's episode originated. Uh, Today's guest is a good friend of mine, a former co-worker of mine that has been on the battlefield of working behind the scenes in television with me His name's Chris Jones. Now, Chris and I could have done an episode where we just share war stories of working in a control room for live television, because there's a lot of crazy things that go down behind the scenes. But, nah. I know Chris is a die-hard music fan. A couple times I'd go over to his place, I'd look at his record collection, I didn't really look at it like take stuff out and look at it, but holy shit, did he have quite the collection that would catch my eye. So when Chris reached out to me and gave me a lot of compliments on the progress with the show, I said, yeah, man, you should come on the show, and let's just talk some music. I know this is kind of a film-centered show, but it's good to kind of expand things, and that's kind of where I went with this. I told him something like, give me your top five records in your record collection, And that's kind of a stupid question on my part because that's just got to be a hard thing to narrow down. So he ended up emailing me back with just some ideas and some stuff. And he wrote up like these outlines of the history of blues music and like how music's kind of woven in and out of his family and like his family history and everything. And I was like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to feel like a PBS documentary just with the audio, not the visual. Chris gives me a lot of deep, deep knowledge on the blues music. He's a huge fan of this genre, as most people, I feel, should. Everybody identifies with the blues. You don't just listen to blues music, you feel it, you live it. And Chris Jones definitely feels it and lives it and loves this kind of music. I wasn't expecting to have this deep dive on the genre, and it actually is really insightful, and I think a lot of music buffs who listen to this show are going to enjoy it. So, without further ado, I hope all you vinyl heads out there kick back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Welcome to the basement. Jones, (laughs) Jones,
1: Caius <laughs> Jones, I am here. <laughs> and
0: okay, who is that? okay. Welcome to the basement, my my good man. That was an inside joke to get this uh, show started today. Yes,
1: uh, I just quoted Ellie the other day because uh, I had my Super Friday on yesterday.
0: Super Friday, <laughs> Super
1: Friday.
0: I don't yeah. know if she listens to this, because sometimes, that, I don't know, but she's a sweetheart. Yeah. We're yeah, not making is. fun of her. No. All right. Um, so, thank you for coming on here today. Uh, this is pretty fucking cool. It, Chris is an ex-co-worker of mine. We've done the uh, battle of working in television, and um, yeah, he's still... He's still doing his, he's still working pretty. All right. I'm going to say this, and this is just something to make you look amazing. And it's true. Uh, anytime you see something look clean, a transition from a, a live show to a commercial, Chris Jones probably had something to do with it. It made it look yeah. beautiful. Um, I, yeah. I hit a button, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a button pusher. Well, I mean, if you kind of break down it, whether you're like working in master control or you're a producer, that's basically what everybody is in TV. Right. Uh,
1: It's it's a lot more complicated
0: than that. I know. I'm just. (laughs) It
1: it just uh, it's, uh, but basically, yeah, you watch TV and roll breaks. Pretty much.
0: Um, yeah. It's a sweet gig And like we said before we started the show We're not going to talk a lot about that <laughs> Yeah Well guess who I get to hear we're
1: Talking about rolling a break late Dick Ellis is still on his game Get the fuck he out this, of here Yeah he chewed this guy out the other day At the, uh, uh, the end of the hockey game uh-huh. uh, Stanley The Stanley, Stanley Cup Finals He just reamed this guy And we look back at the video It was totally clean Yeah, fine
0: the guy is just a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, okay. <laughs> I only dealt with that guy. He's a, what was he? He's a, is he an 80s? Yeah,
1: AD? but he's like in charge of 80s. He's like a oh. uh, top guy.
0: I, had, I hadn't dealt with him for years, but I remember like my first week of working at Gol- Golf Channel, he was just, he didn't lay into me, but like he didn't like my count at all back from break. hmm like everybody was yeah. like, "Oh, you're dealing with Dick Ellis," and yeah. Anyway, I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to this show, so I whatever. Well, we can be a... well you know, he uh,
1: one time he uh, on the headset he goes, "Chris," I'm like, "Yeah, Dick." He's like, "I hear a fax machine." I'm like, "A fax machine? I, I, we don't use fax machines here." And he goes, "Oh, okay." <laughs> this is <laughs> in
0: 1983, but <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. right it's
0: not 1983 come on um, all right man well yeah we so the, I have a little quick story about you and no it like like I said me and him me and Chris we worked at uh golf channel for three years together until you know that's just a different story for a different day but um for six months I didn't like see Chris you were out on a little bit of a leave and uh everybody talked about you like chris jones man he's fucking coming back chris jones chris jones this chris jones that <laughs> and i i i just like i i would just hear about you and like they talked to you like a like you were a myth like <laughs> you were this, like yes I, i'm definitely a myth <laughs> like you were this like tv legend that just like you had to step yeah. away for a while <laughs> and but then like it was like this build up to your like to your return to um to work and i think i was like i was either working the same shift as you or i was like leaving or i was coming in on the second shift and we were just like passing by each other and they're talking yeah. to you and like i didn't know what to expect and i'm like that that's him that's chris jones this guy i've heard <laughs> about for like six fucking months and I didn't. I didn't know if you were gonna be like a dick. I didn't know if you were gonna be. Oh no, man! I'm not <laughs> but, like, but I walk up and I'm just like I introduced myself and I didn't know what to say. I didn't like I was. I was actually kind of nervous. And you were just like, oh, hey, man, how you doing?" Like, <laughs> yeah. I was just a fat
1: guy in a little shirt, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, I was thinking that, but I, I'm just. I I try to treat everybody with respect, and uh, it's how I live my life. Uh, Give everybody uh, I, I like to listen to people that's the most important thing you could do and always try to be positive when you can
0: no I feel you that's that's an awesome uh that's an awesome outlook uh to springboard that into uh what we wanted to kind of talk about here on this show which is kind of new yeah I would now we've kind of I've touched on it here and there but I've never had like a a central theme of like going over like music and like vinyl record collections and stuff on this show. So this is actually a first. And, um, I don't really know where to get started, but I'll let you kind of run with it for now. I mean, you've, you've shot me like emails of like your record collections and stuff. And I know you're a big music guy. So just talk to me, talk to me music right now.
1: Uh, Let's talk some music. Um, well, Ever since I was a little kid, um, I had music surrounding me. My grandfather was a jazz musician who uh, traveled with a one-hit wonder from the 40s up and down the East Coast. Um, He uh, joined the armed services during World War II and uh, he was um, dismissed because of a medical condition. And uh, where I grew up was in St. Joseph, Missouri, the metro area. And uh, he did a uh, radio show on the local uh, station, St. Joe, um, where he would uh, talk jazz, play, um, play his guitar, um, have guests on. And you know it's, it's back in the day, and I did tour this little radio station when I was in elementary school. And I can remember wanting to be a DJ. And my mom's like pumping me up. Yeah, you got a DJ voice and everything. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But it was such a small place, you know. Uh, they just had a little mixing board and the carts, the old time carts that you use in television. It's like a um, the 8-track uh, where you, the
0: big cassette thing you throw yeah, in. Yeah, I've, I've heard the stories of like panic when she yeah. goes off the air and you're like, Switching tapes yeah. and stuff, yeah,
1: yeah. And um, he was like a my grandfather's name was Jack. He's he he was a jack of all trades, really. The guy uh, he did the stock market. He was an inventor. Uh, he played music. Uh, um, he was um, he worked for Quaker Oats, and he loved photography. And he did some ad campaigns with them, and they used his photos uh, for dog food. Um, Okay. And and then I I just recently found this out. He was actually a photographer for the St. Joseph uh, Gazette, the newspaper. And uh, that was really fascinating because it's when you find out something about your family you didn't know.
0: Yeah, Um, but I know what you mean. So I have a killer in my family. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I found that out when I was like a teenager. I guess I had like a, a on my mom's side, someone, someone killed like a distant cousin of generations back. Like one of them just like butchered. Oh rapier. yeah. Anyway, um, I, we don't need to go there, man. You're just like talking about your grandfather in such a nice light. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a I, I'm talking to
1: I'm talking about love and peace and you're talking about killing people, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, when I was a kid, I looked up to him so much. Uh, he was in the computers. We had he had a Commodore 64. I don't know if you know what that is. I've heard it, but not my time, but I've heard of it. (laughs) Yeah. It's very primitive. You had an actual cassette tape for you and it would read the data off the cassette tape. Um, And you could play like little stupid games like the Pong or the tank game. Um, He told me that computers someday were going to like rule the world. And they do. I mean, and especially in music, they've changed the landscape so much. Um, You know, you have the businesses changed. The bands are like had to figure out how to make money. Without the album sales, um, and it's it's something that uh, some people hate, some people love. I'm I'm kind of in the middle with it. I I actually love it because the first time that I found out you could download free music, well, it wasn't actually free. You were stealing it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had a uh, compact computer and I went to Best Buy and RCA put out this, it it was an RF transmitter. So you would hook that up to your computer, it came with a software program. You put all your songs into the playlist and then it had two receivers that you could put throughout the house. This was like back in uh, 2002, I think, 2001. So it's mm-hmm. before Bluetooth and all that.
0: Yeah,
1: and so I would have all my music, and when people would come over, I'd have it hooked up to my home stereo, and everybody thought it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Then iTunes comes along, and I have every CD. I mean, I have like I have twelve thousand songs in iTunes. I believe it, and uh, somehow. Um, I duplicated each song, and so there were two files for each song, but one of them was bad. So I'm not going to sit there and go through 24,000, you know, no. and try to fix it. And I, I just decided I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing it. And I started to think of uh, vinyl records, you know. Um, and that's when I got into vinyl, and I also – um, started buying CDs again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, but now we have, you know, all the music services, which is really nice. Um, but I want to talk about that later. I want to go back to my grandfather.
0: Yeah, please. Uh, because I actually have a question. Uh, you said you okay. was in a one hit wonder back in the forties. What, what was, what was that name? See, that's the problem. I,
1: oh. uh, I just moved and all my stuff is in storage and my mom gave me a name, but it's not the right name.
0: Oh well,
1: I've heard the song, but he was basically a one-hit wonder. Um, and he was a radio man. He did jingles, mm-hmm. and he was an actor on the radio when they used to do the old, you know, timey uh, radio shows. So, um, yeah, that was a, that. That was really interesting um and he always had his band uh he played you know he but I knew him the most when he was retired so he played at least once a week gigs okay and uh and when he passed away um you know I'm I, I can't remember how old I was eight no I, I was actually no I was uh like 16 or 17 years old. And um, his band played at his funeral. Wow. And they're not playing like sad songs. They're playing upbeat jazz tunes, you know? And I'm like, I kind of like this, you know? I, I've never uh, felt so like proud, you know, at that moment. Um, yeah.
0: We forget like sometimes at a funeral, as rough as they are, like it's also a celebration of someone's life. Yes. Especially if they've, you know, lived long into their golden years, you know? Right.
1: And, uh, he, uh, he sat me down and he taught me some stuff on the guitar. That's where I get started playing the guitar. Mm. And, um, my aunt was a, uh, his daughter, uh, was a real big uh, club person. used to go to clubs and everything. So my mom and, uh, my aunt were listening to my grandpa's stereo and he had a a nice one. I don't remember what it was, but I just remember how good it sounded and how much fun they were having. And uh, and it's like, man, I want a good stereo someday. I just had it in my head and they're expensive, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, 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 So he, you know, and he also lectured me a lot, you know, he was like, that heavy metal stuff you're listening to I'd be listening to poison or Cinderella. He's like, that is just shit. (laughs) You know, all it is is power chords and they're doing it over and over and over, (laughs) you know? And, um, so as I got older, I started to understand that. And yes, I still listen to some of those hair bands like Motley Crue, uh, but I don't listen to Poison, I don't listen to Cinderella, I don't listen to those kind of bands. I just, they don't, it doesn't sound good to me, it doesn't give me the same feeling that it did when I was a kid. And uh, I just kind of grew up a little bit and understood music a lot more. Um, and my dad played the guitar. Um, when he he started that when he was in high school, uh, my dad, went to college, dropped out of college to go to Vietnam, and he wanted to be a helicopter pilot. And uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't get accepted for that. So he was, uh, when he left the Navy, he was a, a radio man, second class. And then he went back to school at the college that I went to, got his teaching degree became a teacher, um, and then he retired as a high school principal. My dad was my football coach, basketball coach. Um, he, I had him in class. I fell asleep one time on him. He threw a <laughs> racer at me. Uh, and my dad loved to talk about his Navy days, so the kids would always bring up, hey, Mr. Jones, tell us about your Navy, you know, and he would just waste the whole hour talking about that. And they go, uh, we'll just pick up where we left off. He was a history teacher. <laughs> Loved history. And and that also plays into my music, um, uh, my musical life. Uh, history, history has a lot of music in it and mm-hmm. you can go way back and it's really hard with blues because you have these great songs okay and you hear somebody do it like let's say eric clapton and he does this great song like crossroads and you're like oh eric clapton did this great song called crossroads no it was robert johnson yeah and the thing is is in that error is that um the record companies took advantage of uh black artists and a guy that i love uh is john lee hooker and John Lee Hooker, I'm sure you've heard his song, uh, Boom, Boom, Boom. It's on yeah. a lot of films, a lot of TV shows. Yeah, um, it was like that. I,
0: Yeah, that's like a clutch uh, trailer, movie trailer song. Yes,
1: yeah. yes, yeah,
0: yeah. So he would
1: go into to record and he would give them a false name. So he has a lot of stuff out there under different names. And the reason is, is because he never wanted to be put under a contract with these record labels, because what they would do with black artists is they would have them write stuff and then they would give it to the white uh, singers, songwriters. Yeah. And then they would make them like be session musicians. Like where they would just sit in and play the guitar and, and they would actually have them like at, uh, I don't know if you see the movie Cadillac records with uh, uh, Beyonce um, you have Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf. Um, and Muddy Waters is one of the my favorite, you know, he's just a, the best blues artist. Mm-hmm. He, he was painting the, sh- the, the recording studio uh, when the Rolling Stones showed up because they were such big fans of his. They pulled up and Muddy went to go pick up their guitars to carry them in. And Mick Jagger was like, no, Mr. Waters, you do you don't need to carry our, you know, stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and that's where a lot of these blues guys, you know, got a lot of respect from was England because
0: basically they basically they weren't as racist as we were. Yeah. In America. I agree. There's um, there's a great, it's with the Rolling Stones. It, it's a it's a docu, not really a documentary, but it's about one of their shows they did. Uh, Shine yeah. called Shine a Light. Um, okay, Martin Scorsese directed. It came out like fifteen years ago, but they bring, it's, I think it's Buddy Guy. They bring on stage. Okay. to play. Yeah, I've uh, seen Buddy Guy. Yeah, yeah and he plays. Um, what's the song? Uh, champagne when I'm thirsty, reefer when I want to get high. Yeah, you know, champagne like, and reefer. Yeah. Um, they,
1: that is actually muddy waters.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's mentioned in the documentary, or I, I yeah, knew that. Part. And uh, the thing with Buddy Guy or Buddy Guy is, is, he was a, he
1: was a Chicago guy. He, mm-hmm. he went to Chicago to make his, you know, um, and so he was a session musician. He played for a lot of big artists until he became his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I saw him in concert and. The first thing that just astonished me the guy is like he was like 75 76 when i saw him he acts like a young man and the concert was so loud my ears
0: ring for days he's got a voice too he's got some oh he does because in that when he's playing with the stones i think one of like the first notes he hits with his voice just like I think Keith Richards, just like, you see him in the background, just like leap up and like get scared. And, yeah. you just, but like what I was getting at is like in that footage, when they're playing together, you just, I mean, here's the Rolling Stones, you know, one of the most iconic bands of all time, but you just kind of get this vibe of just how much they worship this guy and this kind of music. Oh yes, they did.
1: Uh, Cream, uh, Eric Clapton, uh, you want to talk about Jimi Hendrix, I read Eric Clapton's biography uh, it, he said the first time that he heard Jimmy on the uh, radio he pulled over his car because he thought he was going to uh, get sick because he thought his career was over he's like, yeah. I don't sound like that guy I, you know and, and when Jimmy was over in England and that's how Hendrix made his uh, how he got popular because he went over to England, yeah. they loved him over there over here, they didn't understand it. It was too experimental. It was too crazy, too sexual, you know, good I old Bible bill.
0: I still <clears> like to every, whatever patriotic holiday we have in America, I just like to sit back and zone out and listen to Jimi Hendrix play the Star-Spangled Banner at Woodstock.
1: Yeah, I, and that I, was really controversial. I mean, they... I mean, people are like, what is he doing, you know, to our national anthem?
0: I think it's beautiful. And I think it's like, there's something about the sound in those riffs and those notes and the touch that he puts Mm -hmm. on it that like, I mean, you think of the time that this is coming out, you know, Vietnam, and a lot of the, I mean, I wasn't around, but like, you know, just from what I've known and seen, but there's just like a tone of when he plays that it's, Yes, this is a patriotic thing, but like you know, do I truly actually love my country? Do I true like? Yes. There, there's just a there's just a vibe around it that I think, to me, is really American. Even though I think people, at least back then, thought it was. Well,
1: uh, Jimi Hendrix was in the army. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and uh, I
1: believe he was in the 81st Airborne. I might be mistaken, but I know that he did parachute out of airplanes and that's the reason he was uh, discharged from the army is because he broke his ankle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <sighs> and uh, a great documentary to watch about Jimi Hendrix is uh, "Hear My train of coming. And it is a uh, voice by. Um, gosh, I can't remember his name. Um, he's a singer actor, um, but he does the voice of Jimmy and they've taken his letters and everything. And he reads his letters and he sounds just like Jimi Hendrix. And it, it is really just a beautiful documentary.
0: I'm looking it up right now. That's why I'm kind of looking off to the side here. I, I definitely have uh, heard of that documentary. I don't think I ever clicked play on it, but um, no, he's, he's Hendrix. I mean, I got a, uh, couple of his records over here that I just, just, you know, yeah, no, he's, he's good. Um, what, what, uh, I actually, when you were talking about documentaries with, you know, blues artists and or just stories of blues artists and, you know, not wanting to go to labels cause they just take their money and stuff. It made me think of a story I heard and kind of going off of documentaries. I don't know the documentary name right now, but, um, Chuck Berry, oh know yes what, um that was his uh was it called hail hail rock and roll i don't know but i just remember i, w- I was listening to another podcast I, and it was the director yes. of it and he's talked but he told this great story of like chuck berry when he got enough reputation as an as an artist he always asked for his money you you didn't pay him after his show
1: right he'd ask for his money
0: up front because for he'd work nightclub after nightclub where all of a sudden the the white promoter disappeared on him and never fucking paid him right and like to this day like up until like his Whenever he stopped playing music, that's how he that just like that psychology was built into him for the rest of his life.
1: Oh, yeah. He,
0: he would say, I want a bag of money in my lap before yeah. I do a thing. I think that's what it was. He's just like, you pay me cash right now or I'm not going on stage.
1: And the great thing about that was is that documentary is my favorite part is when uh, Chuck Berry and Keith Richards are playing together. And I, I forget what song they were playing. But Keith is not keeping the rhythm right and he just tears Keith a new asshole. I, you know,
0: (laughs) okay. I think we're talking about the same thing because I remember hearing that story too. Yeah. No. Well, what else? What else? What else? It is
1: called Hail Hail Rock and Roll.
0: Okay. All right. Then we are talking about the same thing. Yes. All right. Well, uh... so I was talking about my father.
1: Um, yeah. This happens I really, on the show.
0: We, we stick to like something, but then we venture off. So yeah, your dad,
1: I, my dad, uh, so he comes back from Vietnam. He goes to college. It becomes a teacher. Uh, my dad had like 50 jobs. Like teachers have summers off. No, they don't. Cause they don't make shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My dad um, was
1: a teacher. Yeah. So they work hard. And um he never had the time to sit down and play music until he retired. And, uh, he, um, had a band. It was called highway going South. Uh, just some friends he met out with my mom, uh, played. And my mom's really, um, she doesn't like to be around a lot of people. That was a big thing for her. She learned how to play the keyboard. Um, and then at the, uh, the last thing that he did was, uh, so um, we lived in a small town called Oregon, Missouri, and they would go up to this other town, Mound city, and they would invite or sell tickets throughout the counties. And they would have like, it was kind of like a social or um, a hoot nanny is what the folk guys call it, where everybody gets together, you know, they drink, they play music, yeah. you know, and have a good time. I feel you. And, uh, my dad really enjoyed that. I, he really enjoyed life. He enjoyed music. He loved his family. He, uh, I have his guitar. It's a, it's an Epiphone, a hollow body. And it's the same guitar that John Lennon played back in the early days. Um, And he liked CCR, you know, Credence Clearwater Revival. Mm-hmm. Fortunate son, man. Of you course. know, my dad, was wanted to be in Vietnam, but he didn't believe in Vietnam. You know, uh, that's the kind of guy he was. He just felt like he needed to help. And uh, he liked Gordon Lightfoot, Jim Croce, uh, Buddy Holly. um, And my dad passed away of uh, cancer, uh, pancreatic cancer, uh, like a week before the chiefs. Uh, played the Super Bowl against the 49ers, the one they won. Yeah. And uh, that was such a special moment. And just my dad's attitude about death was just awesome. I never saw him cry. He told my nephew, he said, you'll be all right, Jameson. This is just the nature of things. And that's the way my dad was. And uh, I'm missing him. and if anybody, you know, out there is listening to this, if you think you have a problem, go to the doctors, yeah. you know, you don't want cancer. Cancer is awful.
0: No, so, you don't, you don't want to, especially you don't want to sit there and watch someone with that. I've, I've been there too. It's
1: right. It's terrible.
0: It just, um, yeah,
1: it is. It's really bad. So, um, you know, just to, go on with my family my mom was always playing beatles music uh neil diamond, <laughs> a oh, diamond fan <laughs> yeah. that's a good
0: that's a good bar that's good bar music uh oh um, god neil diamond's clutch
1: roy orbison you know and at the time when i was a kid i liked the beatles but i didn't like the other stuff she liked patsy klein i'm like god but now
0: patsy klein is like uh she's amazing I know. fucking love Patsy Klein music oh yeah I'm still waiting yeah. I, we can stick with music but I'm still waiting for the Patsy Klein biopic movie I, I I can't believe Hollywood hasn't touched that yet I, I think she's got there a there is a Patsy Klein movie there is yeah well yeah. I mean like like when did it when when did it come out uh it's an old film oh um, like I'm thinking like last like ten years like a lot of biopic stuff I, I just i don't know i i thought maybe they would have touched on that in the past 15 years or so uh it's called sweet
1: know. dream it's called sweet dreams um it has ed harris in it wow uh Je- jessica lang wow uh, i don't <laughs> didn't even
0: know about this uh
1: it has john goodman in it
0: <laughs> yeah. hold on a sec oh i love john goodman sweet oh dreams. i love yeah wow this it's is good to- good day to you too sir get the fuck (laughs) out of here i didn't even know about this this makes me look like a dick on this show man
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not trying to make you look like a dick okay
0: i know i I know i I know you weren't but like i've just for a while been like someone needs to write a fucking patsy klein biopic or something and like here we are but i honestly
1: think i honestly think that movie does uh does it uh justice good um Uh, you know, I love I love music movies because movies about music because and it's I'll even love it if I hate the music because I love the how it shows behind the scenes, how uh, addictions start, how you know, everything is handled. It's really hard to be a musician.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it really is. I like what you said about, like, what you just said about, even if you don't like the music, um, you, and this isn't a biopic, but my dad loves 8 Mile with Eminem. Oh, yeah. And, okay. like, and he you I know, he's too. of that generation. He doesn't get hip hop. He, he just, he doesn't. And But one right. day, it was it was on, like, VH1 or MTV or something, and he sat through the whole thing with me. And he got so into that last 30 minutes where it's the rap battle. And like, there's just so much buildup for Eminem's character to fucking school these guys. And I can right. see it. Like I know when my dad's engaged in whatever he's watching or like, I just can just tell. And he's just like edge of his seat, like watching like, Eminem rap battle guys. And like, once it was over, he just stood up and he was like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's an underdog movie. It is. It who is, doesn't yeah. who doesn't
1: like the underdog? I mean, you're an underdog guy. You like the Patriots. No. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> throw that in.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, man, especially this year. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Eminem. No, what was I going? Yeah. I, I guess like one good thing about that movie is it's not like I guess I kind of like movies about artists also where it's like a chunk of their life too like i like the whole rise to fame and then you know they they get the wild side of fame and then you know they get a comeback album you know whatever right but i also kind of like it when they just take like three or four years of their life that are like a pivotal thing in their career and their personal life and tell that And i just i think we're seeing a lot more of those too i think they hit really well yes i um i totally agree
1: and just to kind of finish up with my family um, Damn
0: it, We went off topic again I'm so sorry
1: Oh, it's perfectly fine I I do need somebody to keep me on top of it Because I had like 60 albums picked out I know you did <laughs> No, I, actually The ones I sent you That's the Demental down Yeah, You know uh, um, So you know, my dad passes away and I just want to keep up his legacy by being a good person, uh, enjoying life. Cause I'm a person that really is half, uh, half, what is it? Half full kind of person. I'm Last, pessimistic. Half full. Yes. Uh, I'm pessimistic. Uh, yeah. and I'm trying to change that. And for my girls, um, When they lived in Sanford, they went to Midway Elementary in Sanford. Uh, They went to uh, this magnet school that was School of the Arts. So they did puppetry, dance, uh, orchestra, band. So my youngest has caught on to the drums and she plays this, uh, I bought her one of those, and I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, uh, a Cajun box where you sit on the box and if you hit the top of the box, it's a snare drum.
0: If you hit I've the bottom it was, of the, yeah.
1: it's in, it's very inexpensive. It's like a hundred bucks and it is totally awesome. I mic the thing up. It sounds great. And I had her playing Bud Holly, not fade away, which the grateful dead covers. Uh, and I was playing the rhythm part mm-hmm. and it was so fun. And music can be that you don't have to be a rock star or a, uh, expert or just this you know you could be just average and just have fun with it yeah and it, it is agree. it is a stress reliever music yeah. is a stress reliever you can uh play music you can listen to music just uh, calm down after a bad day
0: yeah i i mean every i, I want to say every day i left work when we were working together Every night, (laughs) you see where I'm going with this. You play, I'm all right. Uh, Kidding Loggins, you
1: know, Caddyshack.
0: Caddyshack on Tuesday nights, (laughs) back to back. Right. But um, I don't know. I just remember like days. I mean, we we worked opposite shifts, but like I'd leave at 11 o'clock at night and just some nights I just, I'd have these quiet drives home and I probably listened to the same set of songs for like a year straight and they're, they're just, yeah, yeah, they're just, they're just from, you know, anything from like the 19, I think there was a couple of Hank Williams senior songs I threw in there. Um, Yeah. Which is kind of funny. (laughs)
1: What? He sings this song called hello walls. Oh yeah. Hello
0: walls. (laughs) Um, There's one of the first records when I got a record player and I, I I'm, fairly new to the vinyl game. Um, I oh, know I didn't know
1: you. I don't, I didn't know you rented vinyl.
0: Well, to be honest, like, you know, last time we probably hung out in person. I didn't have, I, I always, I mean, when I was a kid, here we are in Tyler Grace's basement. But when we were, when I was in the actual basement, when I was a kid, you yeah. know, we had like a little mini, not even mini, just like a, a pretty decent sized like living room area in the basement. And there was a record player that, my parents had that they never used, but I would rummage through that thing. And they had, I always, I just like, they have like a ton of Bruce Springsteen stuff. A lot of like, Oh yeah. A lot of eighties, like late seventies, eighties, which is like, kind of, I mean, they're baby boomers. So like, kind of when like they were in like late twenties, early thirties, yeah. which like, that's like, I, for me personally, that was a special time for when I really connected with music and I just there they, they had so many records of stuff that I didn't even think that they were into. I mean, yeah. My, <laughs> right yeah my dad had a my dad's always been a Motown guy. he loves Motown. Oh yeah, you gotta love Motown. Oh my God, Motown's fucking awesome. I love Motown. yeah yeah, um, yeah but I guess that's I've always kind of. I never really had vinyl, but I've always looked at it and gone, like, I just kind of want a record collection. And I just Mm -hmm. asked for a a record player one year for Christmas and I got it. And I've just slowly been building anytime I travel, I actually like to find a record store. And yeah, yeah, I just, even if I don't buy anything, I just like, I need to be in a record store to just soak it in. It's it's
1: fun to uh, go through records and, You know the thing about vinyl is you have this big square, and it's the whole picture of the album. And I'll tell you the truth: I sometimes I buy albums just because I think the cover's cool. Oh yeah, you know it's like, you know,
0: that's um, like, but a lot. Sorry, go ahead.
1: (laughs) No, I just um, the art of it um, and the presentation. And you put the record on and then eventually you might like the band. I don't know, you know?
0: Yeah. I think there's um, physical media in general, whether it's records, CDs, Mm -hmm. Blu-rays, DVDs, books, comic books, I think just having it in your hand and just, I can't even put it into words just that you get more of a connection though, for some reason, right. you study it more, whether, you, and you know, if you're downloading music, you're downloading movies, audiobooks, whatever podcasts, I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't want to bash my medium. We're doing a podcast here, but I don't know. I feel like there's just more of a connection when it's a physical thing that you're holding and it's an art form, but that's just me.
1: Well, Tyler, I I want to thank you for uh, letting me be on The Basement. This is really exciting, by the way. And when you're talking about podcasts and um, even like radio stations that you can stream, the thing is, is that radio died a long time ago. Traditional radio. And I quit listening to it. I just can't do it. And this is a new thing for me i listened to wtf uh the dollop which is a history thing comedy show uh, i listened to tom and dan in orlando now i'm listening to the basement I, I, by the way i loved your first episode and is that the I, only one
0: you've listened to
1: no i'm on three and i was in the diehard discussion <laughs> and i gotta tell my little diehard story a friend of mine said let's go see Die diehard i'm like what the hell's diehard you know so i don't even know what it, i haven't even seen the trailer and we go into this movie and i'm like what the fuck is this you know i'm just sitting there just on the edge of my seat in the movie theater going oh my god you know this is awesome and uh i believe that's probably the only movie that i've gone back to watch it again at the
0: theater Die Hard is just so fun. I don't even get me going, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the the yes,
1: I do, I do listen to your podcast.
0: But I'm that story it. of my, my wife, yeah. um, she like she, you know, she heard the rumors of like Die Hard's a Christmas movie, and, and yeah, I was just kind of like, and it was Christmas Eve, and I was like, let's watch Die Hard, like you had, like you, let's just, just we had, and she just obviously was like you she, she wasn't really knocking it but she was like what the fuck like no this is just gonna be some stupid action movie and she was yeah. on the edge of her seat <laughs> right right <laughs> yes
1: that's what it was for me it was like i knew bruce willis from uh his tv show uh he had done some somewhat okay movies yeah
0: and after that i was like Bruce Willis is a badass, (laughs) you know. know. And he's like an everyman too, kind of in that. I mean, he's he's a cop, but yeah. But there's something about him that's just like if I if I'm in that situation, that's how I'm acting. I'm right. I'm fucking. I'm gonna do what I have to do because I'm the last line of defense. It's in my blood that I have to do something about this. But I am petrified as shit.
1: Right, yeah. Um, And speaking of Bruce Willis, he he does have his own band, and he is a harmonica player.
0: You, you, you're right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of actors kind of do that or did that. Didn't Russell Crowe have one? Yeah, Keanu Reeves too. (laughs) uh,
1: I actually got a chance. I could have gone to Keanu Reeves. I believe his band was called. uh, It had dog in it. I can't remember, but he played the bass. I believe. And he was playing at this bowling alley in Omaha, Nebraska. And I was just like, "Ah, I don't want to deal with the crowd. And I I regret that because Keanu Reeves is, to me, is just an overall good person. I believe he is. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of knock these celebrities that get a band, but some of them are okay. Uh, Like I saw Kevin Bacon's band, the Bacon Brothers.
0: I've heard of that. Yeah. Um,
1: and um it, it was all right they talked a lot when they talk a lot between songs that means they don't have a lot of stuff <laughs> and <laughs> so um they're like yeah we wrote this song while we we're at uh, camp with our kids and i'm like i don't care <laughs> you know but uh we went to eat it, it was at the casino and which i seen a lot of shows at the casino in council bluffs iowa and it's rated in the top 100 outdoor venues in America. Uh, we were eating at the the, the you know five star restaurant on the top floor, yeah. and I just got done eating some uh, escargot,
0: <laughs>
1: nice. and I was I was pretty loaded, and Kevin Bacon walks, he's walking up to me like he's walking through the the, the aisle and i lean back in my chair and i'm like kevin that was the best show i've ever seen (laughs) and he's like thanks he's like nice to meet and he shook my hand and i was like yeah and then they went into this private room i gotta tell you one thing about kevin that guy is a is thin rail i mean he is skinny
0: he does kind of yeah he's always kind of looked that way and, well yeah.
1: i know but you see him on tv but you see him in real person uh, real life and it's like oh my god dude eat a sandwich
0: you know <laughs> i don't think kevin bacon <laughs> listens to this show so i think we're good <laughs> oh, oh yeah i don't want to like hey
1: i love kevin bacon he's my oh, favorite yeah. one of my favorite actors the guy is talented it is their music is not bad it just wasn't my thing you know no i feel you um they were good musicians. It was not like it was horrible. It was
0: just, uh, you know, I like to joke around. No, oh. I feel you. No, no, it's all good. I think, um, is it Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, had like a, like a, like a fucking metal band? Maybe like, oh yeah, I, I don't know the name of it, but I just remember there was some, some concert. That was televised. It was like an Ozzy Osbourne tribute thing. Oh, and nice! Like they introduced a band I never heard of, but you immediately noticed that it's Jada Pinkett Smith at the front. Like, and I—I I think I do remember. Yeah, like she's she had some pipes. She could fucking she could rock out. Um, but and and then I never heard about her ever again in a metal band, and that like I felt like I—that's something I dreamed that and you know but I, I looked it up recently and yeah she's she definitely was in a metal band oh nice um i
1: saw Juliet lewis uh the girl that's in natural killers yeah uh, she, and she was good she was actually she does kind of a weird pop thing like uh New york mm-hmm. you know that kind of music uh i loved it it was great
0: before I move on, did, did you want to touch on anything more with your family?
1: So my daughter, Ashley, she also went to the middle school, the, the arts, and uh, she, is, um, she is a very good artist. She draws, um, and it is amazing. She has uh, almost a Tim Burton type of uh, um, touch to her stuff. Interesting. And, it's unique and it's her own Um, and she's getting better and better, but she also loves music too. She sings, she's, she sings really good actually. And um, I'm always pushing the arts on them. Uh, My kids, I love the arts. Uh, I let them watch some R-rated movies because that's just life, man. I, and I tell them you can cuss, just don't cuss around me or your mom or in public. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's because this is how we talk. This is how we communicate. And I don't want my kids, you know, going out into the world when I'm gone, their mom's gone and, and they find out, oh, no, what, you know, I thought the world is, it's, it's a mess. You know, I want them to be a little tough, you know, and be able to handle themselves. And I think art, you know, is their own way of expressing themselves and they're good kids. And they, I wanted them to be good people when they grow up.
0: That's really phenomenal parenting excuse we just got on this show. Because I, I agree. I think even if maybe like you have a child that isn't going to pursue the arts, but yet they maybe have a some sort of creative outlet, I still think it's good as a parent to nurture that, whatever that is.
1: Oh yes. You know, know, when I was, when I was, you know,
0: my father always did that, but like, he always kind of anytime I was ever looking for a job in the, whether it was TV or something. And he's just like, you know, you do all these things on your own independently. Like, I mean, he always kind of like saw my creative endeavors to use it as leverage for the next big job. And my mom actually she just always was loved the loved going to movies. She didn't know she didn't know how to break down films or how they're made or anything. She just loved yes. the cinema, and I think I just always kind of shared a kinship with her with that. She we, we could just sit there and in silence for two and a half three hours even and just watch something from start to finish and process it afterwards. And she knew from a young age. You know, they, they both knew from a young yeah. age. So I think that's a good thing as a parent whether it just becomes a hobby for them or not, just still give them them that outlet. Yes, Uh, (laughs) that is a great story.
1: I just want to comment on one thing. Uh, And this, my mom loves Al Pacino. So uh, I was, my mom was actually seeing The Godfather in the theater and she went into labor with me during the Godfather. How cool is that?
0: I don't know. It's funny, but that's really cool. That's, that's... yeah. What I scene was Godfather. it? Where like, was it? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you don't, don't know? We... You were being born. <laughs> uh, <yeah.
1: laughs> I did. I wasn't. I like had. You know, my view was obscured. You know.
0: Yeah, it was kind <laughs> of a really uh,
1: weird. But uh, no, I, I don't think her water broke or anything. But she started having labor pains. Oh. I think she finished the movie you know, she, so she, fin- she finished the three. <laughs> <interview. laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Okay. You sent me a few emails uh, about a lot of cool stuff. And, you know, obviously the records and just bands you're into and you seem to be a big Beatles fan. So just, I always like hearing stories about the Beatles. Both my parents are big Beatles fans. So I'd like to hear <laughs> your take on the Beatles. Yeah,
1: it's like uh, when you were young and you thought girls were full of sugar and spice and everything nice. (laughs) And then you find out when you're older that it's not true. It's like (laughs) they fart, they're, you know, (laughs) they're assholes sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Um, But this is like the Beatles with me. It's like I grew up listening to the Beatles. And for me to find somebody that doesn't like the Beatles, I am just shocked. Yeah, I am just like floored that somebody doesn't like the Beatles. I'm like, they are the greatest band that has ever. It, there will be another band, but right now there is. That will. That's a Beatles. very
0: true statement. Yes.
1: You just can't do it. All, all four of them were so talented and the quiet beetle, uh, George Harrison is actually probably the most responsible one and the most musically
0: talented, I think. Yes. He's my favorite. Um, he's my personal favorite. Um,
1: I love John, uh, Paul McCartney. And then, you know, um, uh, Ringo, you can't forget Ringo. What's that guy's name? Ringo. <laughs> Ringo. <laughs> so, um, Just uh, like last year, my mom gave me all her uh, Beatles albums, and this first one is called *Meet the Beatles*. Uh, this is their first album in America. I just looked this up on eBay. Mm-hmm. There is a first press copy, and it is used. It's been opened, and they want a starting bid of a thousand dollars for it. Wild. My mom stood in the in the line at the Feynman. Uh, it was called The Five and Dime Store. Yeah. So this is an original, like, but she wrote her name on it, which don't do that. That just decreases the value. And it is not in very good shape. Um, but my mom loved the Beatles before they were on drugs. Because mm-hmm. she, she quit at the White Album. So I do have uh, the White Album. And there's a serial number here. And on the, and if you pull out the vinyl, there is a stamp along the inside ring. Mm-hmm. And if you look that up, it will tell you, I believe, uh, like the batch that it was processing when it was pressed, you know. So that's how, and they quit doing that in the 70s. So they would, you know, put serial numbers basically on these things and um, the white album is like one of my favorites. Um, Then we go on to John Lennon. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have her double fantasy album, which is in great shape. Um, Nobody likes Yoko. I like Yoko.
0: Yeah, she's not bad. She just, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, I have uh, John Lennon's Imagine, and um, Quick little story, Um, my mom told me, uh, I remember when John Lennon was uh, murdered, he was murdered, Um, Howard Cosell uh, during Monday Night Football announced that John Lennon had been shot at the Dakota. And I remember that I was, uh, shoot, I was eight, nine years old. I remember coming home from school the next day and my mom was in tears.
0: It was a big uh, thing for...
1: Yeah. yeah, uh, And at school, they were, uh, had the news on and everything. And uh, my brother was born four days later. But uh, John Lennon to me is very important in my life. Uh, and John did have a mean side to him. And if you ever mm-hmm. get a chance to watch the a documentary Imagine, check that out. It is, mm-hmm. It's well done. And it includes a lot of footage that they shot themselves.
0: Yeah, um, I, the only one I've seen was the George Harrison one. I, I haven't
1: mean, watched that yet.
0: They talk about John Lennon and how he was kind of the the fiery one of the bunch, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's like a passive aggressive hippie. Yeah, that sounds.
1: So, and then I have George Harrison's All Things Must Pass. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, four-disc set. Um, It is the first album that he put out after the Beatles. It's in okay shape, Um, but here's the thing I want to talk about uh, with the Beatles. Um, It's called the Less the Claypool Linen Delirium. And I was uh, working one day at the Golf Channel and my friend Ray Boucher came up to me and said, hey, man, uh, Les Claypool of Primus and Sean Lennon have a band together. And I'm like, they do? I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, and I was really hungover that day. I had a bad day at work. And I was just like, I was trying to get out of it, man. I was just trying to get out of it. I'm like... I don't oh, want to go. go. And then I'm thinking, oh, I got to go. It would be cool to see Sean Lennon. Yeah. And that's, that's his uh, son that he had with Yoko. Yeah. So this was uh, just released. They were playing in Orlando, and it was their first show ever. And during the show... Uh, Sean stopped and started talking to the crowd and you would not believe how much he sounds like his
0: father and looks like his father. It is almost like creepy. I've seen photos of him and he, yeah, they are. It's so wild. So so he
1: um, starts talking about, he's like, okay, here's the deal. I don't use, I don't play my dad stuff. I don't do it, but um Les has talked me into doing a song of his, and um, and I'm going to do that for you, and it's uh, it was Tomorrow Never Knows. Okay. And I believe that is that is on um, okay. the Taxman record, um, and it is just the coolest song, and I was almost like, I wasn't moving to tears, but I was just really sentimental, and it, it's a really, like, it's a really cool song. It's kind of you know, um, psychedelic type song, and but it was just so like touched. I thought I was watching John Lennon.
0: Yeah, and uh,
1: that's uh, cool. That's cool. let's talk uh, uh, another psychedelic band. It's uh, Grateful Dead. I picked <laughs> yeah. this up at I picked this up at uh, Park Avenue CDs in Orlando, which is okay. a great shop to go to.
0: I've, I've been um, there. It is great. It's.
1: I got to see uh, Jeff Tweedy um, play like six songs. If you bought his new album, you could get in for free. And Jeff Tweedy and Wilco, I don't know if you know him. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so, uh, and he's playing, he's such a nice guy. He's like, I hope to see you guys at the show. I feel really bad only playing three songs. So he played like three more. And
0: <laughs> that's awesome. You know,
1: that was the best, like, 21 bucks I ever spent. And that album I bought of his is a solo album. It's great. But this Grateful Dead album that I have here is a picture disc. And Jerry Garcia was really into the 50s horror movies. And he, there's a picture of the the swamp thing. Is um, that a swamp
0: thing or a creature from the Black Lagoon? Oh, it's creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. yeah, yeah.
1: I think yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Swamp Things, the the movie from the '80s. But uh, um, and I didn't even know that these existed, and I just looked at it. It had never been opened, and but it, they, it was an open thing, but nobody had ever used it. It's twenty bucks, and this is a fiftieth anniversary edition. This is their first album. It's self-titled. Um. It has Viola Lee Blues, uh, Morning Dew, which is my favorite song of The Grave of the Dead. One of my favorite. It has Good Morning, Little Schoolgirl. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, I believe that's a Holland Wolf song. And then let's move on to the blues. The blues. So <clears throat> the blues is something that's special to me. Um, I loved uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I loved Jimi Hendrix. And um, it wasn't until college that I I had a friend that introduced me to uh, a lot a B.B. King, Howlin' Bluff, Muddy Waters, Buddy Guy, um, John Lee Hooker. Um, I want to mention this guy, R.L. Burnside. Hmm. So R.L. Burnside was kind of a average known, uh, blues guy. Um, and in his later life, uh, he played with the John Spencer, uh, blues explosion. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, baby driver, but the opening oh, song, bell yeah. Al- bottom, that's okay. John
0: Spencer. So it's kind of a psychedelic blues. So. I'm taking notes by the way, on some of this stuff I haven't heard of. So.
1: Yeah, R.L. Burnside. And it's kind of like that John Spencer blues explosion. It's kind of psychedelic blues, which he traditionally did, like, just old blues songs. Yeah. Um, my favorite my favorite song uh, on this album, is, it's called Stole My Chick. And all he says through the whole thing is that Somebody stole my check. That lazy <laughs> motherfucker took my check. That's all he says through the whole song, but it's a killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when I, I'm going to um, take my dog for a walk after this and just listen to it while we're walking.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's This album is called A Bothered Mind. Okay. Um, yeah. Listen to that check song. It's awesome. Uh, here is B.B. Uh, King. And yes, if you ever hear, if you ever hear, I saw BB King at the Orpheum Theater in Omaha. Uh, I went to this thing. I dressed in like jeans and a black t shirt. There were people in tuxes, man. I felt so underdressed. And it was a BB King sat in a, in a chair the whole time, he, but it was the most phenomenal show I've ever seen. And if you hear a lot of blues guys talk, they will talk about this album, BB king live at the regal um okay. it's one of the best live albums considered one of the best live albums ever uh yeah, it's it's a really good uh introduction to bb king okay and we have Howlin' wolf i love how wolf he was a big monstrous man um and he's got this evil voice sounding voice um he d- he does Little Red Rooster, um, Wang Dang Doodle, uh, Howling for My Baby, Dance Floor, or the Killing Floor. It's called the Killing Floor, excuse me. Um, be sure to check Howling Wolf out.
0: Uh, I yeah. It, it's and then pretty, we
1: have the great. Then we have the Great Muddy Waters here. Of course. So this disc is actually that is, gold. That is fucking gold. cool. And um, this was done uh, late in his life. Oh, this has Champagne and Reefer on it. Nice. Yeah, this one's called uh, King B. And uh, I don't know if you know who Johnny Winters is, but Johnny Winters was an albino. And he had trouble seeing and everything, but he is considered one of the best blues guys. So Johnny Winters uh, produced this album. And that Muddy Waters back, you know, got his career going again a little bit later in life. Um, I just can't say enough about Muddy Waters. And then Buddy Guy, he's one of my favorites, too. The guy, this is uh, Living Proof. This is a newer album. I don't know. He he keeps putting out albums. Uh, I know he just put out one just recently. I don't know. I don't know what it's called, but. This one's called Living Proof, and it's a really good disc. And uh, I want to talk about uh, what the blues means to me um, and how I got so into it. So um, I used to go to this. Uh, this It's basically a bar in Kansas City. It was called the Grand Emporium. And they always had traveling acts throughout the week or at least the weekends. And this one night I went and uh, we're having a good time. My friends and I are partying and, and I start to notice that I'm like, why is this band just playing instrumental stuff? Nobody's singing. So um, while I was walking past the merchandise table, I asked the guy, I'm like, what's the name of this band? They're pretty good. And he said, I can't remember. I wish I would have wrote it down you know but um he's like yeah um it's so-and-so and uh um the lead singer is not going to be here tonight and that's why they're playing all instrumentals uh he just his wife died yesterday i'm like oh shit that sucks you know his wife of like 40 years or whatever yeah. and uh, <clears throat> so i go sit back down and i see this this you know, black man walk in with a guitar case and he's got a coat and tie on and he just walks in with a guitar case. This was during the band's break. He sits down in the chair. There's nobody up on stage but him. He just sits down and he gets out his guitar. The band comes out and he just starts wailing the blues. So that was... The lead singer, and he had just lost his wife the previous day. She hadn't even buried it, and he's up there playing the blues. And I was like, "This is this is my music because even though the blues they're they're singing about sad stuff, it's it's there to let you know that there's always somebody going through something terrible. Yeah, maybe more than what you're going through." but there's always kind of a happy ending with the blues. Like they always end up with the woman or, you know, drinking, you know, having a good time, uh, playing with her buddies, whatever it may be. Uh, It's not all about just, you know, sad stuff. And everybody's like, well, it sounds the same. No, it doesn't. Because here's the thing with playing a guitar. The reason people sound different is because it's the feeling that you put into the instrument when you're playing it. You can actually move the instrument, finger notes a different way, pick a different way, uh, wave it around and it it makes a sound. And the blues is all that. And all these artists that uh, have sang the blues, they've created something very special. And people are still taken from it to this day. You know, um, they, you know, not like, you know, or, uh, copyright infringement or anything. I'm just saying, because art is always something that somebody's done. You get inspired, like you were talking about movies. Yeah. You get inspired by movies, you know? Um, people get inspired by music they hear. So yeah. that music comes through when they're playing it, that music comes through. It's not actually stealing. It's just, you know, the way that art works. I,
0: yeah that that's that's very that that's very very true there's I mean everything kind of gets rehashed a lot there's a famous quote and it's in a book back here behind me and I don't know who said it, but I just believe it a hundred percent is everything that's ever been said in the world has already been said but because nobody was listening, we have to keep telling it over and over and over again, and that's the human right. condition. That yeah, that is really good. And you know, like you know, music every every generation expi- inspires the next generation, or and so on and so on and so on, and that's why, right. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes when I get on tangents like that, I can't finish them off, but you get what I'm saying. I listen to the blues a lot, actually, but I, Do you? Oh, awesome. I listen to it when I write, actually. I've been listening to a lot of blues and jazz, and mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. I know this isn't really blues music, but one of the coolest experiences in recent memory um you know once me and my wife got vaccinated and we you know went out went back out into yeah. the world we went to new orleans a couple months ago oh and i want to go there dude you just feel the heart of that city in when you walk into like just some small ass jazz club like we went into some little club on a sunday night and there was just this four person band led by this girl that i think she looked like she was in her 20s and they were just killing it and there's six people there's (laughs) six people in the audience just sitting there vibing just like feeling it that that is what's so great about music and the
1: professionals will play it hard and the right way even if there's like six people
0: sitting there yeah no it, it yeah it doesn't I don't know. Like I, I like I like going to. I mean, obviously we haven't been able to in recent memory, but I guess I kind of like small clubs with just I don't know some dude oh. with a guitar. I mean, I love I love going to concerts and shit, but like there's just something about yeah. that. Just somebody, couple people couple person band just playing, just some small little gig. They're not making a lot of money at, and I don't know. There's a charm to it. Well, I gotta tell you, Tyler, I think. Uh, the day of me going to a big
1: concert is over. Cause I'm not paying uh, widespread panic was just here at Red Rocks. They wanted uh, $200 a ticket.
0: Really? Yeah. And they were pl-
1: they, uh, no, I'm not paying that. There, there is
0: kind of, yeah. It's always one of those things when you hear, of you're like, Oh, I got to check that out. And you check the prices and you're like, eh. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd rather go to a small venue because it's more personal and uh, my favorite band, the Drive-By Truckers, um, just a little short story. Uh, my wife was pregnant with our middle child. And we had gone, like, we were on tour that summer. We went to so many shows. But we went to Kansas City for three days. We saw a widespread panic um, at the Starlight Theater in Kansas City. The next day, we saw the Drive-By Truckers at a little uh, country uh, saloon they actually had saddles for the stools yeah <laughs> and, and a broken uh, uh mechanical bull yeah um so in that show uh jason isabel was playing and soon after that they kicked jason isabel out of the band because he drank too much so fast forward you know i don't know when so he became a solo artist and he quit drinking he made a album called southeastern and he won a grammy for it okay i saw a band in a little shithole country bar and the guy that was playing in it ends up winning a grammy like 15 years later That's and a- i just thought that was, i you know i thought that, that was pretty cool
0: yeah and it i just a- love it's a testament to like how you measure success in the business Mm -hmm. funny you mentioned that because like eight years ago i was still living in my hometown and i was going out with it wasn't really a date but i was out with this girl on new year's eve it wasn't my wife it was before i met my wife but yeah and she like was big into like the local scene like where i'm from there's we'd like to believe there's still a good local music scene but a lot of people say it's dying out Right. if i ever get become worth 500 so a million dollars i'd like to inject it back into the local music scene in my hometown but that's another story but we went to um a small little venue it was actually in a church and there was just it was just a guy with a piano singing and i forget the guy's name but yeah you know and he was singing a lot of i don't even really know the genre it was very singer songwriter but he had like some fucking soul in his voice holy shit right. just like this little blonde hair white kid and then yeah. you know he gets up and just kind of talks for a second between songs and he just you know i you know he's like well i was at the grammys last year and i was like oh really shit? and like he was holy nominated crap. for in some category singer songwriter something like something really bad. oh yeah and but he lost to Allison Kraus, so he was like, "Yeah, you know, okay, to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, lost to a pretty <laughs> talented woman, right? Yeah." But like, I, mean, I would have never is. known this yeah. guy lives like two towns over from me. I would have never known that. No shit! Wow. But,
1: yeah, um, that's something I wanted to mention too. Is with the with uh, w- the digital downloads, the you know, the higher chain of music began. Um. I felt guilty. Um, And then soon after that, I just quit doing it. Um, I really believe if you believe in art and you believe in music, you have to support them financially. So I buy the records and that's why I'm into vinyl and CDs. I want to buy their records to support them. And, uh, and that goes with all the arts, you know, Um, if you're going to do something, you know, uh, comedy show whatever tip the waitress you know do all that you can do um because you know these people work hard and it's a hard living you know it's not easy
0: i want to say that's a good place to wrap it up but i know you have one more thing you want to talk about right <laughs> sorry man no 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 uh, no no I, no. i don't but like like you said such a good like Closing point right there, but no, go ahead. I just well if you want
1: to like swap this around.
0: Uh no, you you the the Jack White club, right? Yeah, okay. So let's go with that. All right.
1: So um I was traveling through Nashville with my wife and uh my kids, and I love Nashville. I always wanted to stop in Nashville and say we're just always plow through there and We spent like four or five hours there. Uh, I would do want to mention this cafe. It's called the Loveless Cafe. You have to go. Uh, Killer uh, Southern food. Um, And then we went to Jack White's studio record store. Uh, Jack White is uh, of course in the White Stripes. It's Mm -hmm. White Stripes. I love Meg White. And she is not his sister, it's his ex-wife you know let's get that mm. straight um but jack white is such an innovator and uh, bringing back the old uh tiny music uh you walk into his store the girls are wearing fishnet stockings uh high heels the guys are all decked out with ties and it's a really classy place they have a um a phonograph uh booth where you could actually record a final record by putting you know back in the day it was like 10 cents but it's like 20 bucks now
0: yeah. you could
1: sing into this like old like telephone microphone and uh make a record and they actually he actually had that delivered to one of the late night shows because neil young did a whole album in that thing wow um and you walk into the store he's got this little jukebox thing and it's full of little, um, uh, dolls. It's got like the monkey hitting the tambourines and all this stuff going on. And it's, he restores all this stuff. And, um, one thing that he did recently is that, uh, it's been like three years ago, but he, um, Sun Records was where Elvis, um, uh, Carl Perkins, and um, uh, oh, I can't think of his Was name. Was Johnny but...
0: Cash there early on?
1: Yeah, Johnny Cash. Yeah, and uh, well, I have it right here. Jerry Lee Lewis. So he oh, yeah. he bought he bought the right to do um, to do the Sun label and to do forty fives, which are singles and records. Yeah. So I, I I bought Jerry Lee Lewis's Great Balls of Fire, a uh, forty five. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, vinyl does, you know, if you're a vinyl collector, you have to keep it clean. It's a lot of work. Uh, you know, you have to brush them, you know, and you have to take care of them. And But to me, I like the mechanical part of it. Um, and he also invites bands in to make live records. He has a, a stage in the back. This, this guy is called C6 Steve. Uh, this guy was a hobo. And, uh, well, it's kind of a, I think it's a gimmick. I don't think he, I think he was a hobo when he was a kid, Uh, you know, a teenager. He would ride the rails and stuff, but that's all he talks about in his songs. He uses a stomp box, uh, (laughs) hits that with his foot and plays like a uh, a cigar box type guitar. Um, Really good musician. Uh, John Paul Jones plays with him, and John Paul Jones is the bass player for Led Zeppelin. Yeah. For our viewers or listeners. Yes. Um, here I have a band, and they were playing this record when I walked into the place. It's the Shins. Uh, yeah. I I never heard of the Shins. I was like, oh, I got to get this album. Um, I was I was with my uh, ex-wife, and I spent way too much money in this place. <laughs> um, yeah but they were really nice they gave my kids a puzzle a third man records puzzle um on the outside of the building they have tesla's uh, uh radio electric tower you know nicole tesla
0: yeah gotcha
1: yeah yeah that's the, how what the outside of the building looks and it's called third man records um jack white actually is the first person to launch a Record player into space and play
0: a record in space. That's uh, I I I was in Nashville before COVID lockdown and I, I had no idea about this place. So I feel like next time I go, I gotta check this place out. Oh yeah.
1: It, it, it's a little store, but it's fun, man. It is really fun. And the last thing I want to talk about, this is a blues guy that was kind of <laughs> lost, uh, lost, you know, uh, you know, history forgot about him. And Jack White brought him back. It's uh, Blind Willie McTell. This is volume two. There's a volume one. So he was blind. And these sessions were recorded in a hotel room. He was paid cash. And he has played uh, these songs. And I believe that he just kind of disappeared like Robert Johnson.
0: Okay. What's his name? So, so uh, What's
1: his name again? Uh, Blind Willie McTel, McTell
0: M-C-T-E-L-L Alright, I'm just writing this all down for research for myself because like I said, I've been listening to the blues, it's just like there's so much you can dive through that it's right. like, I don't even know some of these guys' names So, like,
1: uh, like Robert Johnson he's such, you know, he's considered like he made a deal with the devil at the crossroads, but you listen to his albums and they sound like shit <laughs> i mean they're hard to listen to because the recording was not good you know so when you hear an eric clapton doing it it's like it's so refreshing you know to hear these people carry on the music and i've heard that from a lot of people it's not a you know a bad thing it's just it's kind of hard to listen to you got crackles and everything in it and that's from the original recording you know well Tyler I want to thank you for having me on the basement I really uh I enjoyed it I think I talked your leg off
0: <laughs> no 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 like no no this was fucking this is a killer episode I knew it was gonna be it was kind of fun how dare you try to take me you, you, <laughs> you try to, like close it out on me no no no
1: no I just I just wanted to thank you I really appreciate it I uh uh, I love podcasts and I enjoyed listening to your podcast. I'm getting I'm plowing through them right now.
0: What are you listening uh, on, Spotify or Apple? I'm listening on Spotify, okay? Because the thing is, is for our listeners too who don't know, Spotify is actually wait, you said you're listening on Apple, Spotify, okay? Spots, I'm fried. Spotify actually is missing like two or three episodes because I don't even really know why they just never uploaded for some reason. So, oh okay, um, but no. Either well, way,
1: that's good to know. Yeah, yeah
0: but either way, you, you you know, thank thank you for listening and thank you for coming on. This was like really fucking cool because I like when you reached out to me and told me you love the show and. I was just like, dude, I should ask Chris Jones if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, um,
1: I'm I'm just I, I'm I'm a music geek. I'm a film geek. I obviously work in television. I've always loved television. And the thing about this this business is that you get to meet so many interesting people. And you, my friend, are one of those. And you're such a nice
0: guy. Uh, they, aw, can't say, I can't dude. say enough.
1: I can't say enough about you. The only bad part is that you're a Patriot fan. Well I mean, what the fuck
0: do you want from me, man? I'm from uh, I want you to love the Chiefs. I you know? do Come I on. respect the Chiefs. Okay. Like I, I respect the
1: Patriots.
0: <laughs> I respect the Chiefs because they're one of the oldest franchises in the NFL. And right, you know, they were one of the first like real big teams. And you know, they won a lot of championships. Or how many did they win? I don't know, but uh two. Okay, they won two. There was yeah, it was the... Ben and
1: Ford won two.
0: Okay, yeah. But like, you know, they're an iconic franchise and, you know, the AFC AFC champion, it's called the Lamar Hunt Trophy, you know, I respect, I like Mahomes, like I, I, Mahomes is the future straight up, but no, well, no, I appreciate you saying what you're saying. I appreciate you coming on and just telling me about, you know, music and your love of music and everything and being able to break it down instead of just saying, I like this song and everything, like, cause that's just, that's cool. That's cool.
1: Uh, one more question for you. Yeah. Did it take you like six hours to grow that beard? No, no. It <laughs> took me like six minutes. Um, I actually saw that on one of your posts.
0: Uh, one of your yeah, friends said yeah. that.
1: <laughs> I found that very funny.
0: So um now, Chris Jones, I know you probably don't want anybody following you or trying to reach you on the internet because usually I ask people, where they can find you on instagram or facebook here but i don't know if you want to give that information out it's okay if you don't but
1: i'm on facebook yeah uh christian jones uh i've got to steal your face um yeah if you want to follow me i i I post positive stuff stuff about music and movies
0: yeah dude
1: tv it's
0: it's cool All right, cool. Sometimes,
1: man. sometimes I get a little political, but hey,
0: it's hard not it's, to.
1: <laughs> it's hard not to, man. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is so hard.
0: It's I, I I understand, but um, but anyway, regardless, once again, for the tenth time, thank you for coming on the basement tonight. And um, if you guys, I hope everybody listening took notes on all the records he just mentioned in this show, because I sure did. And as for The Basement, if you want to uh, leave a comment, leave a review on Apple Pods, Spotify, please do that so we don't go into the abyss of all the podcasts out there in the world. And I don't know. That's all I got for you. So you all take care. And I'll see you next week on The Basement.